these people don't like each other. I mean, and it runs deep. Deep. Because we know for a fact that this bird has never even seen a dragon before this dragon. So, you know, this is in, this is instinctual. Oh, and it's instinctual thing. that the bird doesn't like the spirit hero either because he gives him a swift kick to the family jewels. Hey, you guys, what's up? We are the Otaku Couple. I am Mrs. Otaku. And I'm Mr. Otaku. And this is the Adorather Anime Podcast number 27. This is your place to catch up on all things anime, new and old, with the lovely addition With the lovely addition of our opinions, thoughts, and banter. Yeah. We know you could be doing other things, so we're glad you'd rather anime with us. Mm-hmm. So, ignoring that bumble, let's just kick this off with One Piece. Yes, One Piece. Uh, this week. Oh, this week was the, what was the tiger guy's name? I said tiger. He's a lion guy. Peckums. Peckums. We got to see Peckums in his Sulong form. And he got to do a lot more than he did in the manga. And they really fleshed it out. And I thought it was awesome. And it looked really great. Yeah, I agree. It was nice that we got to see him, you know, actually struggle to, to come back. Because, you know, he made that comment of Pedro was the only one who could really bring him out of it. And he pulled himself out of it so that he didn't kill Luffy and Sanji. And then he was like, you know, take Straw Hat and go. And, and he, was, he was just beast mode and thrashing the Big Mom pirates around. And it was just like, you didn't. we didn't really get any of that in the manga. It was just more like he came out, he looked at the moon, he started to transform, Luffy fell out. And, you know, then they attacked him and started trying to gouge out his eyes. And we didn't really get to see his full form. We didn't get to see hardly anything. Yeah. So, so it was nice that it was sort of expanded upon. Yeah. The anime. And it was great. It was a great episode. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was the quickest One Piece session we'll probably ever have. Probably. All right. Let's move on to Black Clover, episode 69. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have the leader of the Blue Rose night. Yeah. Like, yeah, the and leader of the Blue Rose Knights. We Vanessa basically fighting over Yami, and Yami's oblivious, and he has no idea what's happening or why it's happening. But they're both ridiculously in love with him, and they're having like these random contests. But obviously, it's not a straight up fight because obviously the Blue Rose captain would win because she's like a captain. But hold on, hold on. I, I mean, don't Vanessa know if I has, so. the, has with a Vanessa's fake new fate thing. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, but still, I mean, for her to be a captain, it wouldn't be good story writing for her to lose to a member of the Black Bulls. Okay, that's fine. Um, regardless, what they did was they um they did a cosplay they contest. did a cosplay contest, which was ironic because the Blue Rose Night Lady dressed up like a witch. You know, considering considering Vanessa actually is a witch, and Vanessa, who actually is a witch, dressed up as a nun, and she's like fully covered when she's normally half naked. Yep, and they got the same number of votes apparently. Yep. Yep. So and then they had a drinking contest, and both of them are out after like two sips. (laughs) Yeah. And Yami was like, "What is the purpose of this of this fight? None. And then of course for Yami, him coming off of his battles with a praying mantis he's really just like this is lame yeah so but it seems like we're about to get to the actual you know quote unquote event because they have to go to the place for the magic knights achievements or whatever ceremony or whatever where they actually announce how many stars everybody got and both of them are late 
Yep, because, yeah, they're fooling around. Yeah. So, I'm sure they're going to make some type of mad dash over there. So, that's good. I don't know. Yami might, you know, slice his sword into the air and rip a portal through space time. They're probably just going to grab Fenrir since he's right there. Oh, that's, that's lame, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, you that, have... That is Fenrir's entire purpose in the story. I mean, he's... <laughs> he is a taxi. Yeah, there are two beautiful women who are in a contest with each other over being pretty. Yeah, Fenrir's right there. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, it was a fun watch overall, Black Clover. Um, look forward to next week. And let's just keep this train moving, you know? All right, The Rising of the Shield Hero this Whoa. week. Um, honestly, you gonna have to jog my memory on what happened this week because I don't even remember. Where were we? Are you for real? Uh, honestly, I can't remember. Well, okay, so basically, he goes back to the slave dealer to get old girl's crest ah, yeah. redone so that you know she can be part of his party or whatever, or an item or whatever you want to call it. And uh, while there, the slave dealer guy just sells him an egg. And he's basically like, it could turn into like a little bird or it can turn into a dragon. And he's like, it's basically just a gamble. And you know what? If you buy one, I'll throw you in a deal for having to redo the crest or whatever. And which one thing that I thought was kind of interesting was the fact that um, she was like, she wanted the crest there or whatever. Because he wasn't going to go get it redone, I think. But she wanted it there as like I don't know a symbol or a, something a symbol of that she's I, not going anywhere yeah. or whatever I don't I don't, I don't know. know but cause you know they could have been the same party without her getting that crest and he hadn't treated her like a slave up to this, up point. To this point anyway other than you know those first two times when, when she didn't want to fight but yeah. you know those and even were life then, or death situations those were life or death situations and even then he reneged on it when he saw that she was struggling to do it yeah so so but yeah, um, basically they get the egg, the egg hatches, and in like two days it's this giant thing and it's super fast. And then we have the lady from hell. I don't even think she deserves a name at this point, but the princess who mm-hmm. has her own special circle in hell reserved for her. Yeah. She shows up. The only with town the spear hero. The, yeah, with the spear hero, the only town that actually cares about Nafumi because he protected them from the wave. And first of all, props to these people because they look out for their own. First, they give him a magic book because they're like, hey, you know, my grandson was in that village and he told me how you saved him. So I'm going to give you this magic book so that you can learn uh, different types of magic. Different types of magic. She's like, I wanted to give you a crystal ball, but I heard that the king gave all of the, the heroes crystal balls. And he was like, oh, I guess that wasn't in mine whatever yeah, yeah he didn't he, he didn't get one basically the crystal ball allows you to learn whatever when magic is in the crystal ball yeah. but the uh it's the grimoire easy. yeah it's super easy but the grimoire it's it's working you have to learn it but there are tons of magics in it to learn so basically the crystal ball is an app and the grimoire is a book you know the app works for everybody but it only does that one thing there's a book where you can learn to write your own apps and once you figure that out, boom, you got the whole world at your fingertips. Yeah, but of course he can't read it yet. Yep, so he has to figure out how to do that. But anyway, um, so yeah. But anyway, this village that he's in, he goes back, obviously, because it's one of the few places that he can like actually stay and yeah. not be treated like 
horse dung. Mm-hmm. And basically she shows up and she's like, this is now the spirit hero's territory. He is lord of this territory. And he's imposing a tax of 50 silvers to enter and exit the city. And everybody's like, what? What are you talking about? You can't do that. And then Nafumi uh, speaks up and he's like, okay, do you know how much it costs to stay at the inn here? He's like, for one night at the inn with food included, that's one silver. So you're telling these people that's a hundred days worth of work to leave the city and come back. He's like, that's insane. And of course, the spear hero is just straight up dumb. He's just and oblivious. He's, like, he's, just, like, he's just being led around through the nose by the, the, the girl from hell, honestly. Yeah, he doesn't know anything. Yeah, and... Basically, these uh, these ninjas like show up from the foreign I country. Her, I think it's like her personal spy guard or whatever. But the, I think this princess from a foreign country spy guard or whatever. No, they're her spies. No, I don't think they were her spies. I yes, thought they, they were spies are. from the other country. No, they're she sent them to the other country to spy on them, but they are her spies. That's why they're answering to her. But for some whatever reason that they don't lie and play along with her little game. Okay, that's not the way I took it at all. Yeah, why would other spies show up and answer to her and be respectful and kneel before her? Other spies from another country would kill her. I don't know. I think it, it, it's not necessarily a spy, but I think it was like... Oh, no, I they're thought, definitely spies. Okay, what I was thinking is that they were um, from the other country. They were that other princesses. Um, what other princesses? At the beginning of the episode, I thought we saw some other princess in a foreign land. No, that was her before they summoned the heroes. That's why she was like, oh, we have to go because my father just said that somebody summoned the four heroes of legend. This was at the beginning before Nafumi oh, and them showed that up. They were clear just, at all to me. It was just a time skip. They were showing how she's the princess. She was talking to the spy while she was getting dressed. Same girl, same hair, okay. same castle. I'm gonna have to rewatch this episode because obviously I missed all that. Clearly. Anyway, point of this being that they show up and we got way off topic. Now, Fumi has this egg. This egg turns into a bird. He loves and cares for the bird, so the bird goes grows super fast and super strong. Spear Hero shows up and wants to levy this tax on the town. And Nafumi is like, you can't do that. The people are like, yeah, you can't do that. We only serve Lord Nafumi. We serve the shield hero or whatever. If he's go- anyone's going to be a lord, it's going to be him. Yeah. And so then they're like, okay, so let's race for it or whatever. Because, you know, of course, the spear hero has a dragon, right? Mm-hmm. So Nafumi is just like, um, I don't want to be the lord of your little town. And the people are like, okay, look, just, just race him so that he's not the lord. And yeah. Nafumi's like, okay, if I lose... I'm not responsible for anything that happens. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, fine, fine, just race. So he's like, cool. So they go, Nafumi gets on his bird, the spirit hero gets on his dragon. And oh, and, and the birds and the dragons do not like each other. No, this the, is, it's, the, it's, a, it's a rivalry. It's Think a, elves and dwarves. These people don't like each other. I mean, it runs deep. Deep. Because we know for a fact that this bird has never even seen a dragon before this dragon. So, you know, this is in, this is instinctual. Oh, and it's instinctual that the bird doesn't like the spear hero either because he gives him a swift kick to the family jewels. Yes. And um, that that's just kind of hilarious, honestly. But yeah. And then, um, anyway, they go on this race. And, of course, Nafumi's bird is faster than the dragon because he gives his bird love and affection and 
everything else, right? Yep. And his bird wants to win for him, so he's going, he's going, of course, the, the girl from hell is... Gets her people throwing, to cheat. Yeah. They're throwing holes everywhere. They're doing slow down on Nafumi. They're doing speed up on the dragon. And then Nafumi, he gets sick of it, so he throws his shield over the hole. His bird steps on it and then starts to, like, low-key kind of fly, catches the ridge, and then wins, right? And, of course... Oh, girl is mad as all get out. And then she's like, you were cheating. And the people are like, nah. nah. And the spies were like, we didn't sense any of his magic or his familiar's magic. She was like, but that's not possible. You saw the holes or whatever. And she's like, yes, but he has some type, what is it? He has like reinforcement magic and she has light and dark magic. And that's nothing like earth magic. Yeah. So they're like, it was you who was cheating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so. that just backfired. And then basically the people in town were like, let us give you something for winning or whatever. And they were like, we're taking up a collection. And he was like, nah. nah. Y'all keep your money. I don't want to be known as the hero who took your rebuilding money or whatever. Yeah, because that's how it would get twisted around. He's like, nah. Yeah, so they give him a carriage because his bird wants a carriage to pull. And then... They go to sleep for the night, and the bird curls up next to him because it's all happy that it's one. And then they wake up in the morning, and there's a naked girl in Nafumi's lap. The bird has turned into a naked girl. Which doesn't make sense. There's so many ways that this could have gone. Why did it have to be a naked, a little naked girl? What are they going to do with the carriage now? That's what I want to know. This is this, such this a bad plot twist. This How is a naked little girl who's like 10 going to pull a freaking carriage? That she asked for. I, 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 this I, is dumb. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, the bird could have gone flying. It could have turned into a phoenix. It could have turned into, like, a super amazing, awesome thing. Well, maybe know? it can transform back. Right, because we have a tiny little blonde girl who's going to turn into a huge, fluffy, magical bird to pull a carriage. Honestly, it doesn't sound that unreasonable when you put it like that. I guess. <laughs> I mean... I just thought it was dumb. I thought it was really, really dumb. Like, at least get... Like, I get the whole, like, maybe we should give it telepathic power so it can talk to nothing. That would have been fine. But why a girl? And why a, a naked little girl? That's so pedophilish. Well, you know, the same thing could have been said about the raccoon girl. Or the squirrel girl, whatever, whatever type of it still was. Girl she is yes, but uh, but she grew up overnight, so maybe this one will become like an adult over the course of the next episode. It'll just magically be like eighteen the next day and maybe twenty four the day after that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just glad that Nafumi freaked out. He was just like, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. So I had like the little subtle reminders that Nafumi is like a decent person. Yeah. Even yeah. though he tries to act all tough or whatever. Yeah. Because, like, he caught himself and he was like, did I just say thank you to somebody? It's wow. Like, man. I can't be uh, losing the, my facade here. I gotta... Gotta keep this up. Gotta keep this up. Um, anyway, that's that. Watch the next episode. Yep. So, now on to probably our favorite. I'm gonna say probably. It's for sure my favorite this season. The Promised Neverland. Dun, dun, dun. Episode number five. All right. So, so last episode we found out that Ray was the traitor. But now we get more details. 
Yes, yes, we get more details. And this episode, we found out, like, Ray has been working for Big Mom for, like, the last five or six years. Not five or six. The last six years, because they are 11, and he's been working for Mom since he was five. And let me tell you guys something. Ray is my favorite character. You want to know why? Because Ray is, he he walks a line, and he walks it by himself. He's like, he's not all good. And, he, and him and Norman, I'm not even going to try to, like, recount this intellectual conversation that they had, because it's just, like one of those things where it's just like whoa you know basically ray like mr otaku said tells norman you know i'm mom's spy like i'm the important you know and norman is like okay so why don't you come to our side because i've never felt like you were really against us and ray is just like yeah i'm not really against you but i'm not really for you either and they have this whole conversation and He's talking about how he knew and Ray is the one who set up Little Bunny and who told him to go to the gate knowing what they were going to find or whatever. Yeah. He was like, the only thing I didn't plan for for what was for you to leave, leave Little the Bunny, Bunny there. Yeah. He's like, that just throw a wrench in everything. everything. But he's like, but still, you know, I've been trying to help you guys cover up and make up for that or whatever. And he was like, yeah, I'm feeding information to mom. But he's like, you know, if you want, I can feed her the information you want me to feed her. You know, I've been building up this trust with her for the last six years, you know? Yeah. And then I think that kind of threw Norman. He was like, wow, you've been her informant for way longer than just this. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, well, I went to her, you know? And that was another thing that threw Norman. He was like, she didn't approach you. You approached her yeah. or whatever. And honestly, I feel like Ray is so like, I don't know, like, he, he's been he's been sitting on this for a long time, so. Yep. yep, so every time, like, every two months when somebody left, he knew that that person was going to go die. Yep, but he's also been using that to his advantage to get the things that he needed to plan an escape. So, it's like, where Emma and Norman are like, they're only like, what, three, four days into this escape plan? Ray is like, six years committed to this. He's ready for it. He's been waiting for it, you know? And then it kind of makes you realize that, like, he's been sitting on this for so long and he knew that if they didn't leave soon, that they were going to have, that they were going to get shipped out. So it's a, I'm kind of thinking that oh, he was like, okay, look, I've been waiting for y'all to catch on and y'all haven't caught on yet. So, so let me set this up for you. Yeah, I'll set this up for them. And I think what makes Ray so angry is that Emma's like, we have to leave with everybody. He was like, no, no, yeah, no, 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 you don't yeah. understand. It's like, why don't you just be logical? The three of us can leave, no problem. But you want everybody to leave, that, that's impossible. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, even if we all make it out, there's still liability after we get out. Yeah, and then he's like, going back to their conversation before, he's like, most of us are under the age of six. And some of us can barely walk. Because then, you know, you have to think about a little girl, Carol, I think mm, is her yeah. name. She just showed up. She's she's a newborn, essentially. She she can't talk. She can't walk. She can't feed herself. How are you going to escape with her? You know? But anyway. How are you going to take care of her even after you escape? Yeah. And I mean, it was just intense. And then, yeah. So... Basically, in the end, Ray ends, agrees to be the spy on the condition that Norman, Norman agrees to, to trick, trick Emma, Emma. And at the last second, they leave all the other kids behind. He was like, Don and Gilda can they, come. Like, like maybe Don and Gilda can come, but, but the rest it. of them, no. 
And so, and then Norman, he agrees to it. And that's, that's what then I... Then he has a nightmare about it. Well, yeah, then he has a nightmare about it. But, I mean, of course he will because he just agreed to let pretty much all of his family die. And Norman, even though he's young, it's like he's still facing this existential crisis where he's like, okay, so do I protect the girl that I love at the cost of everybody else? Including her. Including her. Or do I save her and have her hate me because everyone else has to die? And it's not like, okay, she's going to be mad at me for giving me later. Like, no. It's like either I save her or everybody dies. Everybody. You know? And he's, he's smart. And... You know, for intellectual kids like him, he's torn between how he feels about Emma and what his brain is telling him because his brain 100% agrees with Ray. That's where it went in the first place. Mm -hmm. But he's trying to, you know, do what Emma wants to do and it's just not working out. And Ray is just like, look, I'm going to help you because at the end of the day, I think that Ray really is their friend and that he's been doing this by himself this entire time in an effort to save them because he does care for them so much. But I think in his plan, he never accounted for trying to save everybody else because that's not the type of person he is. And he's also logical enough to realize that everybody's not going to be saved. Yep. The only one not logical enough to realize that is Emma. Yeah. And it's her greatest weakness, according to uh, Old Girl when they were playing Tag in the Forest. Yeah, Sister Chrome. Yeah. Yeah. And she's listing off everybody's weakness. And it's just, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Promise Neverland is, is great. And the one of the ways that we can tell you that it's great is the fact that uh, we started reading the manga. Yo. Yeah. If you have not read the manga, just, I can't believe that I'm one of these people. I, I'm low key kind of not ashamed of myself, but wow how far I've come because if you have not read the manga for The Promise Neverland you 100% should because there are so many like little details that are not included Mm -hmm. and if you're like me and you like to guess at what's coming next you're gonna want those little details from the manga because they're more hints they're little and it's just like one or two details here and there but they're huge pieces of the puzzle it's like putting together a puzzle without the corner pieces you know it can be done, but it's hard. Yeah, because it's like some things were like hinted at in the anime, but they weren't explicitly said. Like, for example, um, the mom, she has... We're not going to spoil it. <laughs> Read the manga. Um, right, so moving on. So moving on, the So we watched this. We're not going to talk about it, really. Um, he met a girl who's pretty and she has a nice song he can hear now she had her sing he had her sing and she's a prostitute yep and the priest showed up and they're fighting a demon now but now he can feel pain and he can hear things so fighting is hard for him and he's wounded so we don't know he's how he's not fight fighting is. nearly as well as he used to not nearly as well yep hearing has made him weaker oh and at the end of the episode he loses his real leg yeah the real leg that he got back he lost it. And now he can feel pain. Yep. And he can hear himself scream. Yep. So there's that. All right. Moving on. Domestic girlfriends. Domestic girlfriend. Natsuo got a girlfriend. Pretty much. Yeah. Ray made a friend and then Natsuo turned that friend into his girlfriend. And 
that girlfriend tried to sleep with him, but he was like, eh, because girls got problems. Girls got problems. Girl had cuts on her wrist like she tried to offer stuff before. She said the cuts were old, but whatever. Girl has been with 30 people. people. 30 people? Never at the same time, though. Never at the same time. She always works up with one boyfriend before she goes to the next one, but... And basically, Ray pegged her as an enabler because she was like, well, they always ask for money or one of them tried to lock me up. And, you know, girl does not have good judge of personality. Mm-mm. And so she tries to sleep with Natsu because he seems sweet and kind and thoughtful. And he just, she just straight up talks to Ray and she's like, is it okay if I fall for him? And everybody else is just kind of like... A, like you know that she has a reputation for being easy right and then his school one of his school friends is like okay that's weird to be a brother like uh we slept together one time and he's like oh you used to go out with her he was like uh there was no going out involved yeah and it's just like oh you're that kind of girl and then yeah and uh we skipped over the part that um she told her that it was okay but clearly but but clearly it wasn't because it literally made her sick that's the reason why she got sick or it was because they were walking around in the rain but um okay she got sick but and Natsuo had to take care of her she still didn't feel good about it yeah and he had to give her a suppository and on to the next thing <laughs> yep. um which is an ad um we'll be I right break. back <laughs> alright we're back Welcome back. Da, 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 da. Um, this week we benched two different anime. Um, the first anime we're going to talk about is one that we didn't expect to binge at all, but it did turn out to be really good. Forest of Piano. Forest of Piano. It's on Netflix, and we watched it dubbed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's only like ten episodes. Twelve. Are you sure? Pretty sure there are twelve episodes. I thought there were ten. Pretty positive there's twelve episodes. Okay, if you say so. But yeah, basically, it's about a boy who, shocker, plays the piano. And um, there are two boys. One is rich, and his father is a famous pianist. And so he um, he wants to be a pianist when he grows up, right? And then I think his name was Amamiya, the famous boy. And then there is a boy from the slums. And when I say the slums, I mean like the red light district, right? And his mom, you know, is a prostitute. There's been a lot of prostitution in these last couple of animes this week. And I'm not sure I'm okay with it. Is that, is that, I don't, was that explicitly stated? She, yeah. I didn't think that was I'm sorry, she lives in the red light district. She dresses and lives in a whorehouse that he's forced to work in. And he doesn't know who his father is. And she can't escape from the district. And the landlady is mean and beats him. And she says nothing about it. She tied him to a tree in the rain. In a forest where lightning struck. What does that have to do with his mom being a prostitute? If you live in a place like this, it's because you can't leave. (laughs) And she lives with a bunch of other ladies who dress like that. And he's just standing there watching as people come in and leer over his mom, like, that's not, that, that's not. We saw a lot of people dressed like that in college, but that didn't necessarily mean that they was. Exactly my point. Moving on, you didn't live in the dorms. I did. So, moving on. (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, his name is Kai, and Kai is a special boy because he can play his special piano in the forest that is completely broken and only makes sound for him. And yeah. he can play any song after he hears it one time. And his music teacher, who is a retired famous pianist, and he's he quit being a pianist because he got in a car wreck that messed up his left hand and killed his fiance. Right? Tragic. Tragic. So basically, he teaches Kai how to play the piano, and then he grows up and he becomes like this great piano player who like shakes the world, you know. And other people are like, "Who is this Kai Ichinose?" You know. And Amamiya, he is like he gets stuck on surpassing Kai because Kai is like Amamiya is the embodiment of hard work and effort. Kai is pure talent, and he and it kills Amamiya that Kai is so much better than him yeah. without even trying. And it's like the difference is like Kai when he plays, it uh, it invokes emotion in the people that hear it. Like you can feel him playing. Whereas Amamiya when he plays, he plays perfectly, so he plays everything the way it was intended. So, like, for competitions and stuff, he gets perfect scores because he does everything perfectly or whatever. But when you hear the difference in their music, you can hear the emotion in Kai's music, you know? And he ignores some things about the song, but it's just... He ignores pretty much everything. The score, the stresses, the tempo, the rhythm. He plays the notes, but in a completely different way than it was intended. Yeah. And it's more pleasing to the ear and everybody loves it better but it is uh not the way it was intended which is what they get judged off of on these competitions yeah and so part of the the anime is for them like the judges you see this argument between like okay so yeah amamiya had the best playing but like this kai kid he's like no one in this room can tell me that they were not moved by his piano or whatever and then they have this whole thing of okay but if this is how we're judging people we'd have to change the entire judging criteria or yeah. whatever because you can't just judge people on how much you enjoyed it or whatever that's completely subjective and we'd have nothing to rate them on etc etc yeah. but um so that's part of it too and then just sort of like the world that he gets into and how he grows and changes and the, how the piano changes and people learning to embrace themselves and Amamiya overcoming his his inferiority complex that he inherited from his dad because I think it also started out because Amamiya, his their music teacher, Ajino, he was the famous pian- pianist, right, who got in the accident. Yeah. His mom recognizes that and then goes to ask him to give her son private lessons and he turns him down. Right, but then he hears Kai playing in the forest because Amamiya told him, "Hey, Kai can, can play that piano in the forest, and he sounds really, really good." And, and he, so he goes and listens. And he immediately that night he grabs Kai. He's like, "Let me teach you piano." And then basically they forge this mentor, mentee, father-son relationship, pretty much, and it goes from there. And Amamiya struggles because he's like, I'm the one who picked Kai and Ajino's path. If I had never told him about the piano in the forest that night, then 
I wouldn't have created this obstacle that I now have to overcome. And his father, the famous pianist or whatever, he also couldn't get over Ajino's talent. Yep. And he never got to beat him because Ajino got... In the accident. In the accident. And then once he got in the accident, he wasn't able to play piano anymore. Yeah. So that's that. It was really good. I mean, I'm, that was chock full of spoilers, but the the music and the piano and everything else is just really lovely. So I would 100% recommend watching it. And I really liked Kai. He's just one of those kids who's like, despite where his life, you know, started him out at, He's completely unbothered and not overwhelmed by his situation too often. Like, he's a busy kid and he recognizes where he's at. And, of course, he's got struggles. But he's, like, too busy helping other people, you know? Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, we can do this and I can take you away. He's just like, I'm good where I'm at. I got the forest, the piano in the forest. I'm good. I don't need anything else. Yeah. It was a good story overall. It was fun. Yeah. It was a good binge. Um, again, 12 episodes dubbed on Netflix, musical anime. I mean, you'll know if you love it. This kind of reminds me of Your Lie in April without the tears. Yeah. All right, so moving on. What uh, we told you we were going to watch this week, we did actually watch it Goblin Slayer. Um, we watched it 12 episodes. Um, we watched it dubbed. Um, yeah, Goblin Slayer. Let's get this out the way right up front. The first episode is pretty much just as rough as everybody said it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, it's really not that bad. Mm. In, compar- in comparison. In comparison to the first episode, no, it's not that bad. But it is like the same theme. They don't shy away from what the goblins are and, and what, what they, they do. do. Like, yeah. the first episode is... is it's kind of bad. Like on a scale of one to ten, it's like an eight. But the other, in the other episodes, they don't shy away from it. So I would still say it's like a solid six. But yeah. it's not unwatchable. It's not unwatchable. It's a very real anime. Like it doesn't shy away from anything. And when we say bad, we don't mean bad as in like the show's necessarily bad. We mean bad as in it's going to make you extremely uncomfortable if you have. Um, any type of I'm gonna even say if you have trauma like not even tra- not, not, makes, no I'm not talking about trauma I'm talking about if any- you think rape is a bad thing it's gonna make you uncomfortable exactly like exactly there's think- no way so any anybody which I would think would be majority of people in the world hopefully everybody that would be a bad thing yeah. um yeah so I mean honestly and it's not it's not like this is portrayed as a good thing in this anime either so it's portrayed in a realistic way it's just it's not something that you generally want to see it's not glorified yeah so in the episode basically it's it's what people say it is that you have a group of brand new adventurers who think they're ready for something and the the situation is underplayed and then they go into it and they're not prepared for it and they're overwhelmed and they don't know anything about the goblins and the reality of it is the goblins are horrible creatures and they take women as their playthings and that's what happens and that's just it's horrible but honestly it kind of gave me the vibes of 13 reasons why yeah 
it's like if you haven't seen 13 reasons why i'm just gonna let you know i'm about to spoil it for you so one two three that was your ability to break and pause and not be spoiled but in 13 reasons why you see hannah kill herself and it's like in 13 reasons why they don't even turn the camera away like they you watch her slit her wrist and sink into the tub and like the light fade from her eyes like you watch her die you know it wasn't as bad as that but as uncomfortable as that was to watch if you've seen it this is that that's kind of how goblin slayer makes you feel because they don't show you know the girl getting raped but it, it makes it clear that this is what's happening they tear off her clothes and they you know pull her body in certain ways and you can hear her screams you know they they make no illusions that anything else is happening you know but the whole you have to understand that this is kind of important for the building of the entire series because the 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 series is called goblin slayer and it's about a man who calls himself the goblin slayer and he does nothing he's a he's like a silver rank adventurer and there are only two ranks above him i think it's gold and platinum and to be platinum you have to kill a demon lord right but so he's pretty much the highest ranked adventurer that's still out in the field and he kills he does nothing but kill goblins and he's mocked by the rest of the adventurers because he does nothing he doesn't care about he doesn't care about demons he doesn't care about ogres he doesn't care about any of that stuff he just cares about killing goblins however he can burning them drowning them smoking them out you know shooting them in the face whatever it takes he he is dead set on killing the goblins that's all he does and you have to understand that the reason he is like that is because his village was attacked by goblins and I'm guessing his sister probably hid him away while the goblins were attacking so they wouldn't find him but But they took his sister and he had to watch as the goblins did everything that they do to women and he couldn't say anything he couldn't protect his sister and that just caused so much so much trauma on him that all he can think about and focus on at this point in his life is killing goblins and that's all he knows how to do yeah and he takes it extremely seriously because it's extremely Extremely serious serious. and other people laugh it off like oh goblins aren't worth my time or goblins aren't that serious blah, blah 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 but then like as you watch the anime they show that no goblins yeah they're low level creatures and his he says this throughout the anime he's like they're not smart but they're not that dumb either. either. Yeah. You know? And it's like, that's evident because in every, every goblin raid they go on, they're saving prisoners and all those prisoners are women who have been tied up and treated as the goblins play things. And basically, the girl who comes with them, she's a priestess who he saves um, from the first group of adventurers who weren't ready. And basically, he's like, you know that if you get caught, that like there's not much that I'm going to be able to do to help you you know it's like even if you get saved you'll never be the same Same. it's like and he's like you're gonna wish for death and they're not gonna give it to you yeah you know and then you also have like what was it the maiden hero or something like that uh the the, hero maiden or the sword maiden the sword maiden yeah, the sword maiden. She defeated a demon lord. She's hailed in history as being one of the bravest heroes in the world. And you know what she's afraid of? Goblins. goblins. 
she is living in a city she can fight demon lord she can fight ogre she can fight all these things but she she cannot fight goblins because she got taken and they give her nightmares and they basically blinded her like she can see a little bit but she's they basically blinded her and she like that's just what it is you know so that first episode is hard to watch the show is kind of hard to watch at points but it all comes together to build the story and the story itself is not a nice one it's not it, a nice one, but it is a it is a good story. It is a good story though. It's just kind of gritty and hard edged. Yeah. And as when I when we were talking or when Goblin Service Closed, sort of a hot topic, people were like, it's triggering or whatever. And I mean, I don't know, I have mixed feelings about that. Cause triggers are things that set you off. And it's just kind of like, if you live, something is going to set you off. There's kind of no way to avoid it. Yep. But if you know that you don't want to be triggered by this type of thing and you know that sets you off, then you have the right to not watch it. I mean, yeah, you have the it's, right it's to not, not something it. that would be forced on anybody, but it's not a bad show, show. But it is a show that has to be taken seriously. And considering how we're talking about Japanese cartoons here, I mean... I understand that you probably aren't watching it to take it seriously. Yeah. You know? But that's that. Um, we watched it. It wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was. Like we've said several times, it will make you uncomfortable. I think it's designed to make you uncomfortable, but it's a good story. Yeah. But yeah, and uh, that's pretty much all we watched this week. So we're going to continue on with our weekly anime and we will probably binge Cells at Work. I'm actually excited because I've been wanting to see this for a while now. Yep. And I think this is the week where we'll get it done. Get it done. Cells at Work. We've heard a lot of good things about it and we're looking forward to it. Going to be watching it subbed on Verve. And uh, yeah. All right. Um, The anime question of the week. Last week, the question was, what did CL give up to make a pact with one hell of a butler? Um, Oldish22, he answered the question last week, and he also got this week correct. CL had to give up his eye, which is why he wears an eye patch throughout the anime. And, of course, you know, make a pact with a demon, he also had to give up his soul. So, props to Oldish22. Oh, if you want to follow him on Twitter, it's O-L-D-I-S-H. Two, two, two. Yep, that was three twos, by the way. Three twos. So yeah, check him out on Twitter. Follow him. And yeah, there will not be an anime question this week. Or probably next week or ever again. Because you guys hurt my feelings by not answering them. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, um, that's it. That is it. That is the end. Yep. Are you sure it's the end? Yes, yeah, it. You're the leader. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. I'm the leader. I'll tell you when it's the end. It's the end. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. That's it for this episode of I'd Rather Anime. If you liked it, please subscribe and then tell your friends about it and tell them to subscribe too. 
And if you haven't already, please make sure that you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at I'd Rather Anime and check us out at I'd Rather We know you could be doing other things, but we're glad that you'd rather anime with us. Until next time, peace. Out. And the landlady is mean and beats him and she says nothing about it. She tied him to a tree in the rain. In a forest where lightning struck. What does that have to do with his mom being a prostitute? If you live in a place like this, it's because you can't leave. So, like, can we watch some anime now?